Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Today's message is called Lost Things, Lost Things. About six months or so after Amber and I had Malachi, we, uh, we had Malachi here in Indiana, but then about a month after we had Malachi, we moved back into Hamilton and we were staying at our apartment there in Hamilton. We'd been back for about six months and we were about to have some friends over uh, just to hang out and have some, have some fun together, eat dinner together. And so Amber was preparing, you know, the meal and getting the house ready, all of those things. And we realized we needed some milk. How many of you have been there cooking and you ran, run out of milk? Luckily for us, uh, Hamilton is nothing like living in leisure because Walmart was only about two minutes away. So uh, we didn't have to drive 30 minutes to go get some milk. So anyways, we, I, hop, I, told Amber, uh, I told Amber, you know, you go ahead and stay. Keep getting the house ready. I'll go get the milk. And being the good husband that I was, I was like, I'll go ahead and take Malachi with me as well. So you don't have to worry about him. And, and I was trying to earn some brownie points, you know. So I took Malachi with me. We get in the car. We head to Walmart. I get to Walmart, get out, head inside, go all the way to the back, uh, to the freezer section, get the milk. I start walking back up to the front of the store. But halfway back, it hits me that I've forgotten something. So I'm trying to think here, okay, did she tell me to get something else on the list? What was it? Then all of a sudden, the whore rushes over my body as I realize that I left my six-month-old son in the car as I went in to go get milk. Dad of the year, right? So immediately, this panic rushes over me. I throw the milk. I'm, I'm pretty much through. I set the milk on the ground right there. I didn't put it on a shelf. I set the milk on the ground. I run out. I mean, people have probably had to think, you know, what is this guy doing? I run out of the store, run to the car, open the door. Malachi is just as content as can be. He looks up at me like, oh, what's up, Dad? You know, and he's just totally fine. But there was this panic, right, this urgency. How many of you have ever left a child somewhere? Go ahead, please help me out <laughs> so I don't feel horrible. A few of you, okay, cool. Yeah, there's this, this panic that rushes over you, this urgency to find your kid, to find that child that is lost. I want to tell you, that urgency that I felt is the same urgency Jesus has for every lost person. For every lost sheep, that desire, that hunger, that need to find the one that is lost. You know, in John, it tells us that actually in John and also in Ephesians, it tells us that Jesus, that the Father loves us with the same degree of love that he loves his son, Jesus. That the Father loves us with the same degree, the same measure of love that he has for Jesus, that as we love our own kids, you know, we would give our lives for our kids, wouldn't we? With that degree of love, the Father loves us. Amen. And that urgency that I felt when I realized that I left my son in the car at Walmart is the same urgency the Father feels for every lost son or daughter. I have three objectives today with my message. 
Number one, I want to announce to every lost lamb that there is a shepherd who will stop at nothing to find you. That for every lost person, for every person in this room or anybody that watches maybe later online, that if you are lost, there is a shepherd, there is a father who will stop at nothing to find you. Amen? Number two, I want to ignite in all of us, his image bearers, the same degree of urgency for those who are lost as the Father has. That we would have the same burden that the Father has for those who are lost. Amen. And lastly, one of the things I want to do with this message, and you saw it up there earlier, leaving the 99 to find the one, one of Harmony House's missions, is I want this message to honor Harmony House, which is a place that goes out of their way to value the lost as Jesus does. In Harmony House, Doug, all of you here that work for Harmony House, I just wanna honor you today because this message, I'm, I'm really feeling like I'm preaching to the crowd when I look at that row there because they do, they go out of their way to find the one that is lost and to bring them home, amen? Amen. So those are my objectives today with this message. We're gonna look now in a familiar passage in Luke chapter 15. I'm going to start reading here in verse 1. It says, Many dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often gathered around to listen as Jesus taught the people. This raised concerns with the Jewish religious leaders and experts of the law. Indignant, they grumbled and complained, saying, Look at how these man, this man associates with all these notorious sinners and welcomes them all to come to him. So right here at the beginning, the context that we have is we have all of these religious leaders who are beginning to realize and to notice what kind of people Jesus is attracting to himself. And they're not the kind of people that these religious experts think you should be hanging out with. It's the tax collectors, the prostitutes, those who don't follow the religious law and the Mosaic law. They're ones that they, the religious leaders look down upon and this began to uh, concern the religious leaders. So they, being outraged, spoke out against Jesus and called Jesus out on these type of people that were coming to his meetings. And not only were they coming to his meetings, Jesus willingly taught them the Torah. And not only did he willingly teach them, he dined with them. He went to the Mexican restaurant after church with these people. And that bothered these religious leaders who viewed these people as sinners and as lost people that were not worthy to be associated with. And so Jesus responds by giving them three parables. We're going to read a couple of those to you right now. He responds in this way first, starting in verse 4. There once was a shepherd with a hundred lambs, but one of his lost lamb or one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the 99 lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for the one lost lamb. He didn't stop until he finally found it. With exuberant joy, he raised it up and placed it on his shoulders, carrying it back with cheerful Delight. Let's stop there and let's take note here how Jesus or how the shepherd reacts to the lost sheep. When he finds the lost sheep, he doesn't strike it. He doesn't sit down with the sheep. 
and go, Sean, I'm going to call the sheep Sean because it just fits, right? He doesn't sit down with the sheep and go, Sean, the sheep, we need to have a conversation about you being lost and how dangerous it is for you to be lost in the world. Don't, don't you realize how destructive your behavior is, Sean? He doesn't do any of those things. What does he do instead? He finds the sheep. He is joyful over the fact he found this wandering sheep that strayed off. He looks at the sheep and he says, you've been walking a lot. Let me pick you up and I'll carry you back home. Aren't you glad that this is how the Father treats lost people. Aren't you glad that this is how the Father treated you when you were lost? He doesn't strike you. He doesn't come down on you. He doesn't tell you how disappointed he is in you that you were lost. No, instead he finds you. And with exuberant joy, he picks you back up and he carries you back home. This is how the Father treats lost things. He finds it, he picks it up, and he carries it back home, amen? And when he found it, he wasn't angry, he wasn't disappointed, he just wiped him off, picked him up, and walked him back home. I know for me, in my story, how many times I've gone astray, and how many times, even though I was raised a Christian, even though I've been a Christian my whole entire life, there's been times where I've went my own way, I've done my own thing, I've sinned knowingly against him, I've knowingly turned my back on him in seasons, and every time, church, this is my testimony, every time I strayed away, and every time I made my way back home, there was not one time I found a father who was angry at me. There was not one time I had a father sit me down and tell me how disappointed he was in my, in my behavior. Instead, what I found was a father whose eyes were full of love, whose eyes were full of forgiveness, whose eyes were full of grace. And he dusted me off. He picked me back up and he carried me back home. And what's amazing is I didn't have to start my journey with him all over again. But he just picked me back up right where we left off and continued loving me like a father does. Aren't you glad? Once again, this is how the father treats lost things. Amen. He picks them up. He dusts them off. He carries them back home. If this is how the Father, the Good Shepherd, treats us when we are lost, then don't you think that we should respond to the lost around us with the same love and grace? A few years ago, I've told this story before. A few years ago, I, we lost our dog. I, I had taken her out. I was going to go for a little jog with her, and something startled her, and she got away from me, and she took off. And I spent the rest of the day looking for our dog. And I was out driving around. Uh, Maylee wasn't in school at the time, and so she was with me most of the day. And we were just driving around the countryside with our windows down, yelling Gracie, looking for our dog out the window. Uh, I, had, I didn't find her all day. Um, the kids came home from school. Malachi and Eden came home from school. And we told them what was going on, and, and they wanted to go help us look for Gracie. And so we piled them in the car. And uh, for about the first 10 minutes... 
they were actually kind of excited, right? It was, it was they, were, they were excited to go look for Gracie. They were just full of hope. They just thought we would just turn the corner and there she'd be. They'd be the heroes that found Gracie. So Eden especially just had the window down. She was yelling out, uh, yelling for Gracie. Uh, and again, just completely hopeful. About 10 minutes goes by and you could just hear in her voice the hope beginning to diminish. And uh, it's, it went from being excited looking for the dog to almost this fear that set in that, and this realization of we may not find Gracie. She may not come. And so Eden is sitting in the back seat and through her tears, she's just yelling out Gracie. And she's at this point just full on sobbing and crying, right? It breaks a parent's heart. And, uh, and so she's full on sobbing, yelling for Gracie. I look back at Maylee, who at this point in time was about three years old and had been with me all day in the car looking for Gracie. And Eden's over in her seat crying, yelling for Gracie. And Maylee stands, sits there and she throws her hands up in the air and she goes, well, guess we're going to have to get a new doggy. <laughs> no compassion whatsoever from Maylee. If you're looking for compassion, Maylee is not the one to go to. <laughs> Well, I guess we're just going to have to get a new dog. And she was just, at that point in time, honestly, she was just ready to be done. She's like, forget this dog. It's gone. Let's just go to the store and get a new dog, right? But sadly, I'm afraid that many times this is how we treat lost people. That we've maybe dealt with them for a little while, but after a while, it's just like, well, we tried. Let's just move on. It's just time to move on. And we give up on lost people because they're not changing their behavior. So, well, guess we're just going to have to move on. And I'm afraid that oftentimes we find ourselves in the company of the Pharisees more often than we'd like to admit. That it's much easier to stay with our group of people. It's much easier to associate with our crowd that gets us and we get and and it's much easier to stick with that crowd and ignore the one lost sheep who's lost in the crowd, the, the Gracie who's gone. It's easier to just forget them and to move on. But that's not the Father's heart. The Father's heart, once again, is to leave the 99. Leave the comfort and safety of this familiar. Leave the comfort and safety of the like-minded people. And to go after the one who has strayed, to go after the one who is lost and doesn't know their way back home. And I think if that's the Father's heart, that should be our heart, to be willing to leave the 99, to go after the one. Amen? The story doesn't end there. He goes on and he talks about how he brings the sheep back home and he throws a party. He calls all of his neighbors and friends to tell them that the lost sheep is found. And, and he's not done with his parables yet because he goes into another parable starting in verse 7. It says, Jesus continued in the same way. He said, there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the one rescued lost sin or sinner who is repentant. Okay, then it goes on in verse Eight is where he starts the next parable. He says, Jesus gave them another parable. There once was a woman who had taken a valuable coin or had, I'm sorry. There once was a woman who had 10 valuable coins. 
When she lost one of them, she swept her entire house, diligently searching every corner of her house for the one lost coin. When she finally found it, she gathered all her friends and neighbors for a celebration, telling them, come and celebrate with me. I had lost my precious silver coin, but now I've found it. That's the way God responds every time one lost sinner repents and turns to him. He says to all of his angels, let's have a joyous celebration for the one that was lost and I have found. I want you to notice something else in this story. Notice how Jesus always puts himself as the seeker. That Jesus always puts himself as the one who goes out of his way to find the lost thing. He's the one who looks for the sheep. He's the one who turns the house upside down looking for the lost coin. Even before the lost things realize that they're lost, he begins searching for it to bring it home. Maybe you're in this room this morning, or maybe you're watching later on, the service later on as it's posted online. Maybe you're watching this and maybe you're lost. I want you to know that you have a father who never stops searching to bring you home. He never stops searching to bring you home. That in the story, in the parables, he places himself as the seeker. He's the one who goes out of his way to look for you. Amen? Your location, here, this is, here's the next important part of the story, that he goes out of his way to look for you, but here's the other important part of the parable, that though the coin was lost, it never lost its value. That's probably one of the most important statements I'm gonna make this morning. That though the coin was lost, the coin never lost its value. Maybe you're here today and you've messed up. Maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you found yourself in a situation in a place you don't wanna be in. I wanna tell you that today, you have never lost your value. No matter where you find yourself, your location has never affected your value to the Father. You have never lost your value to the seeker. There are people out there right now who are drug addicts. There are people out there right now who are prostituting themselves. There are people out there right now who are committing adultery or have committed adultery, who have done all of these things. I wanna tell you that even in the midst of their failures, their value has never changed. That even in the midst of their mis mistakes and mishaps, even in the midst of all of that, they are still beloved sons and daughters of God that the Father deeply, deeply loves. That your value doesn't change because you've got a little dust on you from being lost. Your value doesn't change because you've messed up and you've failed and you've done something you know you weren't supposed to do. Your value doesn't change because you are lost. That you are a valued, beloved son and daughter of God. Everyone who steps through the doors at Harmony House is a beloved son and daughter of God. And they are valuable to the Father. 
they are as loved as Jesus loved, or the Father loves Jesus. Amen? That though you are lost, your location does not determine your value. The coin was lost, but it never lost its value. Amen? I'm going to end this service with this, because Jesus goes on and he tells one more parable. I think it's interesting that Jesus tells three different parables to the Pharisees to get his point across. And I'm not going to take the time to read this parable, uh, one, because it's a lot longer, and two, because it's one that we're all very familiar with. Uh, we've preached it here several times. I know I've used it uh, in my messages. I know Pastor Ron has used it. We all know the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son is the story where the son, the, this father has two sons, and one of them decides he wants his inheritance early. So he takes his inheritance, and it says that he goes off and lives wildly, and he wastes all of his inheritance. Eventually he comes to, and he comes back to the father. We all know this parable, right? So Jesus begins telling this parable, and remember his audience is the Pharisees. He's telling the Pharisees this, this parable, and What's interesting about this parable is that the Pharisees would have been very familiar with this story because they were the ones who initially used this parable to teach. That the Pharisees actually used to teach the parable of the prodigal son. But there's a difference in their story. Around verse 19, there's a divergence that takes place between the way the Pharisees tell the story and the way Jesus tells the story. All of the story is, is really similar leading up to verse 19. And verse 19 is where this, the lost son comes to, it says, and he begins making his way back home. And as he begins making his way back home, he begins rehearsing in his mind the, the, what he was going to say to his father when he returned. And he begins saying things like, Father, I'm I'm not worthy to come back to your house as your son. Will you make me as one of your hired servants, right? We all know this story very well. And that part is along with what the Pharisees tell the story. But here's where the stories diverge. In the Pharisee story, Jesus, or the, the prodigal son, is walking back to the father. And on his way back, lightning from heaven strikes him dead. The end. The Pharisees just know how to bring so much hope, don't they? <laughs> the guy comes to, he's on his way back to the Father, but because of his many sins, they say that God strikes him dead on his way back home. The end of the story. And Jesus comes along and he begins telling the, the Pharisees this story and they're going, yeah, yeah, Jesus, we know this one. And he goes, no, no, no. No, you think you know this one, but let me tell you how the father really reacts to the son who was lost. How does the father truly react? The father responds to the son, not with a lightning bolt of destruction, but with open arms, with a hug, an embrace, with a kiss, and with a ring and a robe. Jesus tells the Pharisees, you got it all wrong. You think you know my father, but let me tell you 
my real, how my father would really respond to the lost one. With love and grace and bringing him back into the family, welcoming my lost son home with an embrace, with a kiss and a ring and a robe. This is how the father responds to lost things. With grace and mercy and love. And I told you what my objectives were this morning. First of all, it's an announcement to all of us. And my hope is that it creates in us this urgency to respond to the loss the same way our Father does, with grace and mercy and love, that we would be willing to leave the 99 to chase after the one, that we would be willing to turn the house upside down to find the one lost coin, that we would be willing to sit on our front porches, watching the horizon, waiting for the prodigal son to make his way back home. I pray that that is our heart as we see those around us who are lost and who need to find their way back home. But my other objective this morning is this, that if those in this room, if there's anyone in this room who feels like they've been lost, and listen, you can be a Christian and lose your way. You can be a Christian that was with the 99 and then all of a sudden you took this, this weird, awkward path that veered off and you found yourself in a strange place that you didn't want to be in and you're lost. I want to tell you this morning that you have a shepherd who has been searching for you. You have a shepherd who has been searching for you, not so he could scold you, not so he could lecture you, but so he could place you on his shoulders and walk you back home. And I want to tell you this morning, the shepherd is in the house. And he's waiting with open arms to embrace you once again. That just because you found yourself lost, you have not lost your value. You have not lost your status as beloved and as a son and daughter of God.
way anymore. But Father, you would give us a heart like you have to pursue the one that has gone astray. And let us have mercy and love in our eyes like you have mercy and love in yours. Give us wisdom in how to seek after the lost, Jesus. Give us revelation on how to uh, talk to and how to um, bring home those lost, Jesus. I know there's some in this room that have par- par- or prodigals in their own homes. God, I pray for a grace for them to know how to pray, to know when to speak, to know what words to say that would draw those prodigals back home, Father. God, and we just, we just call those prodigals back home in Jesus' name. God, we are so honored to be your sons and daughters. May we, as we grow in our faith, may we become more and more and more like you. Father, we love you so much and we just praise you and thank you that even when we were lost, you found us. We pray this in your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray.